Hello again. This is Series 15 of Satisfied. The Series 15 podcast enhanced the Pathways to a Joyful Walk Bible Study. This study covers what you need to know and the choices you need to make in order to have a joyful faith walk with Christ. I am Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. We have been learning about the right pathways to take for our faith walk to be a joyful one. Start with knowing Christ and basking in God's amazing grace toward you. Then you need to know who you are as a Christian and make the daily choice to serve Christ as your master rather than self. In the last podcast, we learned that God's plan is for you to live in the freedom provided by His grace and avoid the bondage of legalism. In today's podcast, we will look at how necessary it is for you to have perseverance so you can keep moving forward in any storm or trial of life. In the lesson, I asked you to picture in your mind a walk you took that was very hard. Maybe you didn't know how long it would take or how it would turn out, but at the end you realized it was so worth it. What made it hard? What made finishing it worth the trouble? I remember a six-hour, 4,000-foot uphill hike with my husband in Colorado. It was cold and drizzly, and my body hurt all the way up. But I was rewarded at the end of that suffering with the most gorgeous display of wildflowers I had ever seen in a mountain peak ringed area called Chicago Basin. I still have that feeling of awe when I think about it. Enduring the hike was so worth it. In order to see that beautiful reward, I had to keep moving forward. Pathway number six for a joyful walk is keep moving forward. What will keep you moving forward during a difficult journey in life? Well, you need something called perseverance. You learned in the lesson that perseverance is an important and meaningful word in the Bible. Most of us don't use that word as often as we use the word endurance, endurance race, endurance test. Endurance is a good word, but it is not as intentional as perseverance. Perseverance, by definition, is holding to a course of action, belief, or purpose without giving way. It refers to active staying power and tenacity to hold up under some long-term burden, not just getting stuck in traffic. It carries the idea of whole life experience. It is the quality that enables you to stand on your feet when facing a storm. That reminds me of our family's experience with backpacking. My husband, Ron, conducted a wilderness camping ministry for 20 years, so we have done a lot of backpacking. One time, we were in the White Mountains of New Mexico with another family. Our youngest daughter was six. As we started to walk out on a ridge between two mountain peaks, I could look out and practically see all of New Mexico. That was awesome. But then the winds hit us. I'm not kidding. It felt like 100 mile per hour winds probably just 50 miles per hour. And my little girl was about to be blown away off the ridge. So I grabbed her hand and held onto her so she could stay on her feet in the windstorm until we got safely to a place of shelter from the wind. Winds try to blow you down. So you keep standing and moving forward. That is perseverance. We develop perseverance through experience, 
not through head knowledge. God's way of developing perseverance in our lives is this, prepare by instruction, learn by experience. Prepare by instruction means studying the truths about God and His way of approaching life in the Bible. It also includes viewing God's work in the lives of men and women in the Bible during much of their lifetime. We can see God's faithfulness to them and be confident in His faithfulness to us as well. He is the same God. Learn by experience means you trust in what you believe about God as you live out your life and you apply what you learn from the Bible to every situation you face. It is being teachable. You can face any impossible situation if you are prepared by instruction from God and teachable to learn through experience with God. Perseverance is learned by experience. When you study James chapter 1, verse 2 in the lesson, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Would you admit that the first phrase that comes to mind when you are suffering is pure joy? Pure joy was seeing my firstborn baby's face as she was handed to me. Pure joy is having all of our kids together at Christmas, eating together as a family for the first time in months. Pure joy was watching LSU beat Clemson for the national title in football. Pure joy is not going through trials. I thought to myself, maybe it is the translation. The message version softens things up a little, so let's see what it says. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. A sheer gift? Oh yeah, that really helps. No thanks, God. I will give this one back so you can give it to someone else and give me another one. Can I do that? When you send a Christmas card that says, wishing you joy in the new year, you are probably thinking happiness, not trials, right? If you are thinking trials, please don't put me on your Christmas card list. We know the world's joy is not what James is talking about. It is biblical joy what we defined at the beginning of this study as a deep inner gladness regardless of circumstances. That comes only from a relationship with God. Pure joy can only come from God, and you can choose joy even in the midst of various trials because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. That's what James said. God knows that perseverance is good for us. For you and me to have perseverance requires the testing of our faith. Suffering tests your faith. You know that to be true. Perseverance through that suffering actually makes your faith more beautiful. Testing refers to the process of melting down rock called ore that has suspected gold in it. It is tested to see how much gold is in it and to remove anything that is not gold. Fire melts the ore, the heavier gold metal sinks, the weaker crud that is not gold floats to the top and is skimmed off, leaving just the real stuff. The gold in the ore was already gold before being melted, but after melting, all that is left of the ore is pure and is useful for making jewelry, money, and decorations, valuable stuff. The testing of your faith is on faith you actually have. That is one thing you can rejoice about. You have faith worth testing. Gold in any amount is beautiful, isn't it? 
Jesus uses those tough times when you are under stress, pressure, pain, or suffering to float to the surface the parts of your character that are not so beautiful, not so strong, and not so godly. Those are the hindrances and entanglements that keep us from moving forward. And if we let him, he will remove that not-so-beautiful stuff and strengthen what is left so we can persevere. The result is having stronger faith. Here is what can happen, especially for those of us who became believers as adults. Old habits and ways of doing things are hard to forget or ignore. Maybe you've been a believer for only a few years and had 20 years or more experience living life the world's way, not God's way. So when tough times hit, you revert to what worked for mom and dad or your friends or on social media or in movies and on TV. When tough times hit, you keep your options open like this. I'll try God's way, then my friend's way, then my mom's way, and so forth. You know what I'm talking about here. That is sin. The scary thing is that if you choose to deal with the problem in a sinful way, Jesus will let you. We talked about that in pathway number four, choose whom you will serve. But you're not going to get the wisdom to hold up. Are you double-minded like that? You know you are a Christian. You know what God says about right and wrong. But when faced with a trial, you don't want to do it God's way. You want to do it your own way. It is like asking Jesus for wisdom about your marriage while you are having an affair with a neighbor. It is a double-mindedness. The picture I get is being on a carnival ride called the Tilt-A-Whirl. Have you been on one of those? It is being tossed back and forth, unstable and not anchored. Is that all you want for your life? Jesus wants more for you than that. Humble yourself, admit you've been doing it your way, and turn back towards Jesus. Let Him grow you up so you can faithfully persevere through any trial. It is knowing where you are going with Jesus, not against Him. That is how to move forward. And perseverance accomplishes something else in our lives. James chapter 1, verse 4 says that when you persevere through any pain, distress, or long-term challenge, you will be mature, complete, and lacking nothing. You will even have joy in the process as a reward at the end for holding on without giving way. But to move forward with joy on a difficult pathway, you will need one more ingredient in the mix. You will need to release your expectations of acceptable outcomes. Storms of life hit us sometimes without any warning and through no fault of our own. When we go through such difficulties of life, we all have what we would consider acceptable outcomes. Deliverance, healing, getting rid of debt, happy relationships. In our prayers, we often tell God how we want Him to answer that request. You know what I am talking about. I am guilty of setting up these expectations of what God should do for me. But those expectations can become hindrances and entanglements if we try to hold on to them too tightly. Here is something I read in a magazine several years ago that grabbed my attention. Joy requires us to release our expectation of what is an acceptable outcome. Expectations of acceptable outcomes. That would be what we think are acceptable outcomes. 
When we approach troubles with expectations of what we think are acceptable outcomes from God, and then something else happens, our disappointment and anger can explode like geysers shooting out of an underground chamber. It is okay to ask for specific answers to prayer, but we need to hold on to those expected answers with open fingers. We must release them to Jesus and let Him decide what to do. That is releasing expectations. We learned in the lesson how Paul did that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He wanted to be healed and asked for it three times. When Christ gave His answer as no, Paul released that expectation of healing and replaced it with praise for having Christ's power displayed in His own weakness. When you release your expectation of acceptable outcomes, you can rejoice at what God has done or is going to do instead of complaining about what God did not do. Consider how both Martha and Mary responded to Jesus in John chapter 11. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. That was their only acceptable outcome. But Jesus had a greater purpose. What floors me is that John chapter 11 verse 5 says that Jesus loved them. He loved them and still let them go through that pain. They did nothing wrong. He wept with them, but he had a greater purpose than theirs. When Martha and Mary saw him, they had to trust his goodness in whatever he would do for them in their trouble. What would be his acceptable outcome? Bringing a four-day dead Lazarus back to life was a far better outcome than what the sisters had in mind. Dear listener, you can avoid the trap of unreleased expectations. You do that by releasing them. By faith, you can know with certainty that Jesus loves you and knows what is going on in your life. You can have confidence in His power to do something about it. But the way to release expectations is to trust in His goodness in whatever He chooses to do in that situation. It is okay to ask for your heart's desire, but leave the decision in His hand. Accept the outcome that He provides. In adversity, God can avert the trouble. He can deliver you from it, or He can allow you to suffer through it. Let Him fill your heart with joy in whatever He chooses to do. What trials are you going through right now? What in your mind do you expect to happen as acceptable outcomes? It's time to release those expectations and stay on the right pathway for a joyful walk. Perseverance is a choice. We live in a fallen world. Bad things will happen. Life will be challenging and hard at times. If we are going to faithfully persevere, you and I are going to have to accept this. Not like it, but recognize it and not be discouraged. God is working through this time in history. He says to us, Okay, I'm going to use those very things, those tough things, to develop something in you, my daughters, so you can get through life successfully. And I will give you my joy during the process. Do you believe him? When James wrote that you will know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, this knowing is gained through living it, not through head knowledge gained through reading about it. I can read this and believe that it is true in my mind, 
but until I have experienced it myself or walked with a friend through a trial so I can see it as real, it just sounds like pie in the sky, churchy kind of thinking. That is true for you as well. Remember how I said that if we let Jesus do it, He will remove that not-so-beautiful stuff and strengthen what is left so we can faithfully persevere and have joy in the process. If we let Him, there is a choice to not let Him. You have to choose perseverance for it to finish its work. What would be the opposite? Whining, complaining, grumbling, anger at God, giving up? using an acceptable but unbiblical practice of your culture to fix it, whatever it is. We forget where we are going with Jesus. We move, we change jobs, divorce, avoid, blame, consider ourselves victims, buy our way out, drink and drug our way out. You have seen your friends do this, haven't you? Maybe you have done it. I know I have, but if we let him, Jesus will remove that yucky stuff to make us mature and complete, not lacking in anything needed. What does that mean? It means having what is necessary to live out Jesus' life in us on our faith walks. It does not mean perfect. We're not promised perfection in this life, but God will finish His particular work in us before He takes us home. For you and me, God has things for us to do during this time between Genesis 3 and Revelation 21, and He needs us to be mature, to be grown up. It is hard work to grow up, isn't it? I am not good at letting perseverance finish its work when it's hard, and I have a way out. What about you? It is like exercising. I know I need to do it, so I get started, then get sidetracked, and don't get back to it. When I don't have a way out, I'm pretty good at persevering. That is the value of backpacking. You are stuck out there. You have to bear under the load and complete the trek in order to get out. Dear sisters, God allows things in our lives to test us, but His motive is not to trip us up. It is not to make us fail, although our choosing to do so is always a possibility. He allows us to share our needs with Him, but wants us to release our expectations of acceptable outcomes and trust His goodness in whatever He chooses to do. Jesus demonstrated perseverance for you and for me. You studied that in the lesson as you read Hebrews chapter 12. It starts off this way, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We can know what perseverance looks like when we see the example of our Lord. He endured pain, shame, opposition, and so much more. When we look at His example, we can keep moving forward in our storms of life and not grow weary or lose heart. But it is even better than that. Perseverance is also a gift. We can ask Jesus to give us His perseverance. Listen to this prayer in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. 
Christ's perseverance. It is available to you and to me for the asking. The Holy Spirit can deliver that to us as a gift from God when we need it. I love that. Once again, with Christ, you are never left on your own to handle anything. Believer, be tenacious to hold on to Jesus. Keep standing and walking forward when the storms of life try to knock you down. Go wherever Jesus leads you to go. Persevere. Focus on what He is doing in the midst of what you are doing. Listen to His voice, drowning out all the others. Even when it hurts, when you are tired, when you want to give up, when you want to settle for less. Believe it or not, persevering through the really tough times will lead to a joyful walk of life with Him. To have a joyful walk, you need to know Christ and God's marvelous grace to you. You need to grasp who you are as a Christian and choose whom you serve every day. You need to claim your freedom from legalism that tries to keep you in chains. You need to keep the eyes of your heart focused on Jesus so you can move forward with perseverance through every trial that comes your way. The reward is a joyful walk with Christ for a lifetime. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with joy so that your daily walk with Him will be a joyful one. I'm Melanie Newton, and you have been listening to Satisfied Series 15. I hope you will join me for another series and continue to be satisfied by His love.